last week we started a brand new series called Seasonal Emojis. Um, and I told my story that uh, I have uh, been, I was once blind, but now I see. I once hated emojis, and now I'm all about them. I use them in my texts and stuff, and so I'm thankful you guys are here. Last week we talked about stress, and uh, I, I'm guessing that um, as this Christmas season has ramped up, stress kind of follows that. It just kind of does. Um, and and much, so much of our stress is just kind of out of this emotional place, and so I want to kind of continue a little bit of that idea by, by moving to probably the opposite emotion uh, and talking about peace and talking about peace. And, and I've got three kids under the age of six, so I don't know anything about peace and quiet. know nothing about it. Um, if you uh, want to see someone who lives this, I'm not that person. Um, but I do know that I've experienced something far deeper, far deeper than what the chaos of my house and what my life often looks like, um, and, and it's an internal piece. It's an internal piece. And so um, usually I'm really like structured and organized of, hey, we're going to go to this um, text and we're going to exegete it. We're going to pull everything out of the text, but uh, I'm not going to really be like that. I've got a couple of texts I want to go to, and I just want to talk kind of from my heart because I think the more we'll get into this, I, I pray that God will allow me to really share my heart for what he's spoken into me about the vision, the long-term vision of our church. And for those of you that have been here in the past few years, I, I pray that as I, I begin to speak later in, in the message, that things will resonate with you of what God's been doing in our church on a spiritual level, that we might have identified at a physical level. But the physical stuff, there's usually always a, a spiritual kind of principle to, to take away. And so I want to do that today. And, and I'm not the only one that um, probably struggles to find peace. You, you've probably You've been fighting for it too, and I, I think peace is, is one emotion that's often elusive, and many times we feel it's exclusive too, but I, I really believe that as we come to know the Lord, it's, it should neither be elusive or exclusive, but available to us as sons and daughters of God, that peace in any circumstance, as Paul, most of the New Testament is, is written from, a lot of it's from prison, <laughs> So somehow he's able to speak from this place about peace, and hopefully we'll understand that at a deeper level. And I think as we struggle for, for um, tranquility, if you will, and peace in our life, I pray that our, our struggle would be to allow God in and allow Jesus to be our peace, because he himself became our peace and is our peace today. So I want to turn first to a text in Isaiah, just jump right in and give me plenty of time. Isaiah uh, chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, uh, it's, it's a prophetic work. Uh, Isaiah's a prophet, and he was actually called, just to, to let you know, at one point he, God uh, told him, like the people wouldn't listen to him, and his whole like, uh, ministry was really about just declaring salvation um, for the Jews, and, the, and that salvation was coming, and to warn people of the current time they were in, and at one point, uh, Isaiah's doing everything he can to communicate the message, and God's just like, dude, they're not hearing you. Maybe if you run around naked, they'll pay attention to you. So sometimes Isaiah is called the naked prophet because he actually ran around naked <laughs> trying to get people's attention. Little known fact there, uh, factoid about Isaiah. Um, so, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. 
of the greatness of his government and peace. There will be no end, and he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, uh, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time and forever, um, that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. See, this was spoken and written about 650 years before Christ would be born. And so what was, was spoken in faith and prophetically became real in the birth of Jesus. This isn't the only prophecy he fulfilled. He fulfilled a numerous amount of prophecies. I won't detail them all this morning, but it's constantly just, just mind-blowing. It blows away kind of um, mathematicians of what it would take for all of these to to be true, um, but what I, I do know is that as it became real in the life of Jesus as he was born, I pray that this true would become real in our lives this morning and today and forevermore, and we'd, we would know of this Christ, this Messiah that came to redeem. Uh, Israel had a certain mindset. He was speaking to what, what their situation was too. Uh, prophecy is so layered and deep that it's difficult for us to comprehend in its time that it's had. And it's sometimes difficult to understand even a prophet when they're speaking or running around naked, if you will. In Isaiah's case, it's difficult to understand the depth of that. But it was speaking to their situation because if you were with us a few weeks ago, I described about how the kingdom had split and there's a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom and the Assyrians have been begin to dominate the northern kingdom. And now they're kind of uh, intensely beginning to invade the southern kingdom. There's a thought that they're, they're coming as well. So they're beginning to get fearful too. So the thought of a Messiah coming to rescue them and to unite them together is a, is a big deal. And, and as we remember that kind of uniting message that we talked about a few weeks ago and how it plays in here with the northern and southern kingdom of Israel, as we flip to uh, Ephesians chapter 2 um, here in, in just a, a couple of minutes, I think you'll also see that Jew and Gentile would be united as well. So there's this whole kind of other layer that I won't get into today. What I want us to take away on this idea of peace is first and foremost to, to, know, to know God, just to know him. I, I, I thought I knew a lot about my wife when we were dating. Um, I often joke with her and she thinks this is funny. I think you think this is funny, maybe not. Maybe this annoys you, it probably does. Um, I used to think that she was super organized and she was a little bit OCD like me and, and that would kind of make uh, life uh, uh, easy at, at home. But later I found out that she was just like tricking me, that she wasn't, no. Um, no she, she's, she can be very organized when she has to be and, and, and does that. And, uh, but I, I felt like after we got married, I learned a lot of things I didn't know before. And then we went into full-time ministry together and, and been at that for, for 10 years now and um, Whoa, that's crazy. Been at that for 10 years together, um, and we, we've learned a lot as we've experienced highs and lows, failure and success. We've learned a lot about one another. It's for every season, I've learned more about her. And I think the same thing is with God. So I, I think we have this kind of fixed perspective, and what, what God's word tells us is true, but we, become, we, we begin to know God at a much deeper level as we, experience, as we experience different things, we, we have the opportunity to understand him in, in a different way. Um, until you're at a place where you lose your job or you get laid off, you don't really know what it means to trust in God as provider. 
Because you've always had the paycheck, you've always been, until you get to a season where that happens to you and that experience, you get to experience God in a whole nother way. A lot of times, for those of you that have traveled overseas and maybe seen the joy of those who have very little and then come back home and kind of jaded about how us selfish Americans complain about our iPod or our, our phone not working properly, and then people are having joy and they don't even have clean drinking water, and we just kind of can come jaded by that. It's, they experience God in, in a way sometimes that we don't, that we insulate ourselves from experiencing. And so I would almost say, allow yourself to feel in order that you might know God more. Ex- allow yourself, because most of the time we immediately, whatever we're feeling, whatever difficult situation we find ourselves in, we're like, how can I get out of here as fast as possible? Right? But what if the thought was, Okay, we're going to find a way out, but first of all, God himself will accomplish this. He'll bring peace, and he'll, he'll, he'll bring that. But how, do, how can I get to know God? And Isaiah speaks these four names of, of God here, and they're all pretty literally translated from the Hebrew very well. Wonderful Counselor. It's not until uh, you get to a season where you're just really emotionally stressed and feel like you need to lay down with a counselor and just stay there all day, and they're like, your time's up. Um, until we're in a season like that emotionally, and let me just be honest with you, I've been there many times. Pastoring a church will get you there many, many times. It just will. It's, it's, it's tough stuff. Uh, I remember a season a few years back, and I'll refer to this season at the end of this message as well. Um, but I was just struggling. I was, I was, it was, it's funny, as you launch a church, most of my church planning friends, they're like, man, those first year, that first year and a half, two years, three years, they're the hardest. And uh, my first year and a half was not that hard. Like, it wasn't. Like, God was just blessing, like, this building, and, like, people were coming. And it what honestly, I just didn't have that story. I was like, everything's amazing, right? And then God began to strip some things away. Um, physically, and began the pruning that happened to our church. I, I, it was about our church, but before our church could become what it needed to become, I needed to become who God had called me to be. And some of you that have been around for a long time, you've kind of wondered about some things. A lot of that was for me. <laughs> I, I truly believe that. I think a lot of times we can contextualize it to our own personal experience. I believe it was it, uh, it was for me. God was, God was pruning me and doing something in my life at that season. But I came to know him as a wonderful counselor. Because I, I, was, I remember driving down the road, and I'm like, God, I just need you to speak to me. Like, I'm just at that moment where I'm just like, I'm over it, and I'm hurting, and I'm tired, and I'm scared, and like all the emotions, right? Glass box of emotion. I'm just there, and I'm driving down the road, and I'm like, you need to speak to me. And I just didn't know what to do, so I just turned to a podcast. And and I, I looked up something called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And I listened to this message, and I wept from San Jose Road all the way to this church property. And I sat in here, and I listened to the rest of the 45-minute podcast and just wept my eyes out. Because God was revealing to me, dude, you're a little bit jacked up. You got a lot of things out of priority. And, and I want to heal those things in you. And so much of our peace comes from knowing God at a much deeper level, knowing who he is, knowing him as wonderful counselor, knowing him as mighty God, knowing him as everlasting father uh, and as prince of peace. There was another time I was, I was in um, Tennessee. I moved uh, my life up there right after high school, uh, pursuing music business, thought that I wanted to be like a hotshot producer and went up there 
and thought I was good at playing guitar because people were like, hey, you're really good, and you, you got a good voice at, at the little coffee shops I played in. And uh, so I thought I was going to be, you know, right on my way to this big shot career. And I got up there, and I walked down the hall, and, like, everybody's amazing. Everybody's got, like, a three, dollars $4,000 guitar on my hall. And they're all songwriters, and they all have albums. And I'm like, I'm garbage. I hate myself. This is, <laughs> this is stupid. Um, and, I, and then I got out a relationship that I felt like wasn't where God was leading me. That was a three-year-long relationship in which I, I know I wasn't living the life God had called me to live in it. Uh, so I'd, I'd severed that, and I was just, I was, it was another time, I was an emotional wreck. And I, and I remember coming home one day, and, and um, just to not be trite about this, but just to, to move along, there's been several times in my life where, like, I got to such a place emotionally where I just wanted to quit, like, in a suicide type of way. And this was one of those days, like, I just kind of think about just dr- taking that car and just, like, hitting the tree. I know that's really grim, but, like, some of y'all can identify with that. Like, you've just been there, just over it, and that's where you're at emotionally. And I was there, and I just went home to my crappy little dorm and with a stinky, like, Goodwill couch that we had, because um, it, w- it really smelled really bad. Um, and I just lit some candles to get rid of the smell and also to set an environment that I thought might help me find peace. And I just laid face down on that couch. And I, it was one of those times I was hurting so bad I didn't know what to say. So I just said, God, I need your peace. And I've never experienced anything like what I experienced in that moment in regards to peace. Because it was overwhelming what God did in me in that moment where I realized that the source of my peace was not the perfection of my circumstance. But it was about letting the Prince of Peace enter into my life. And God changed my, God changed my life in that moment. He truly did. I believe that was a, a, a start of a work that God began and was doing more here a, a couple years ago, as I was alluding to. So we've got to get to know God's character. The, the passage goes on to tell us um, uh, that, and, and let me just say this, there's no situation or circumstance in your life in which God will not be who God is. Your situation will, will get harder, or there will be struggles with it, and we can kind of begin to question who God is, but once you go through some of those experiences, you you don't question them as much, because I've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. Um, I'm on the wrong page. Um, and really, the second thing, it, it goes on to say, like, I would say every season in our life for us this morning is an opportunity to, to know that God is over all in his dominion. That Really, this word, it, it goes up verse 7, uh, and it says that of, his great, of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. And really, the government is the word that we often use here, but I really feel like probably the best um, word to be used here is either dominion or rule. It, they mean the same thing, but English translators, when they're taking it from the Hebrew um, to, to the English, will pick and choose a word. Sometimes it's the most popular word, word but I think contextually you have to look at it and, and understand that because there's multiple meanings for them. And I think, because when we think of government, we think of like people in suit and ties pushing papers. We don't think of rule and dominion, which is what I believe the text is, is saying, and that there'll be no end to his rule and dominion. That means your circumstance, your situation that you're going through right now, like God's rule and dominion has rule over that. And there'll never be a circumstance or a situation that you are in that is outside of his rule and dominion, that he's over all. He's overall, but, but chances are, and it's funny, that sovereign God 
um, allows free will, and he can step um, and, and change our hearts, and uh, he places faith in our hearts, and there's a much bigger conversation about salvation and lots of other things about free will and sovereignty that we could get into today. But I'll just say this much, that Jesus said, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. So there is an opening of the heart that maybe there's some areas in your life that you're not allowing God to have rule and dominion in. And just to consider those things because there's no end to his rule and dominion. That's everything on earth. That's every person on earth um, that he has dominion over. And there's no situation or circumstance in which his peace, the shalom of God, cannot enter into. So whatever situation you're in, know that much. I want to flip over to another passage in Ephesians chapter 2, and I'll refer back to the Isaiah passage. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 12 through 17. Remember at that time that you were separate from Christ. Think about when you were separate from Christ. Excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise. Without hope, without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace. Who has made the two groups, Jew and Gentile, one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. Jesus, when he laid down his life. By setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands uh, and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two. Thus making peace and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. I think a lot of times we need to be reminded of how far off we were um, before Jesus and be reminded of what he has done for us. And I, I think a lot of times we're searching for peace in the temporary and in the external, but really what we should be searching for is the internal and the eternal peace of God. Um, and if you haven't bowed your heart to, to God um, and confessed Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, um, you, you'll, know, you'll know temporary peace, but I don't, you, you won't know eternal peace. You won't know that uh, until you bow, bow your life before him. Uh, but I, I'd just say this, I'd rather have eternal peace and temporary pain than to have um, temporary peace and eternal pain of being separated from God. I, I, I'll say it again, I, I'd rather have eternal peace and temporary pain than to have temporary peace and eternal pain. And so a lot of times we can go searching for just the quick fix or the, the escape from the moment, but it's in the moment, it's in the struggle, it's in the pain that we know God more and um, come to know something that lasts far beyond the season. And most of us, when we think of peace, we think of like a lack of external conflict. But peace is, is not the lack of external conflict, rather it's the internal presence of Jesus. It, it's not the absence of conflict, but the internal presence of, of Jesus. It, the, verse 14 says that he himself is our peace. He himself is our peace. And I think sometimes we, we kind of get confused about this idea um, greatly. I, I was sitting across from a, a young lady who uh, was se- separated from her husband because uh, there's abuse, real bad abuse, kind of going back and forth, both of them. Um, and so they just separated. He moved out, and they got to a place where 
uh, I was looking her in the eyes, and beforehand there was lots of stress and there was lots of lack of peace in their home. Lots of yelling, lots of fighting, lots of arguing, lots of abuse. And then you remove one person from that, and you, in the moment, like it feels like, oh, and her words out of her mouth has peace is like back in my house. I feel like I have peace again. And while that was true in one sense of the external and like finally the, the dust has settled, if you will, really all you did was remove one person. But the long-lasting effects from what took place in the past year, two, five years, ten years, whatever, in that relationship, the long, there, there was an internal peace. And I said, you're, you're feeling some dust settle right now and it feels really good and you're going to think that everything's great and maybe you don't need to sit down with a counselor. You don't really need to find healing on these things. But I just want to tell you, like, that's probably a facade that at some point will dissipate, and, and you, you've got to find the internal peace, uh, because that'll last beyond the season. And I think that's, that's probably the big thing that we've got to, got to understand, is that um, internal peace will go through every season, external peace will come and go with the seasons. Um, we'll find ourselves just... Um, kind of riding out these seasons. Um, and, and so I think we've got to find a place where we, deep within our heart, deep within our soul, where we know um, that it's Jesus who, who is our, our peace. Because I believe that our internal peace, it, it shapes our perspective. It shapes our per- perspective. A lot of us in this room, our external conflicts are shaping our perspective. What happened to us or what's going on right now at work or at home, it's all shaped from there. And we find ourselves in a really bad cycle when our perspective is being shaped from that and not from who we know who God is and the internal peace that comes from knowing him. He, he himself is our peace. It comes from there. It shapes our perspective, which changes the situation. Let me, let me put this in my context. Um. That was, I was trying to figure out the year. It was this year. It was earlier this year in uh, May. Uh, we do a little furniture business on the side, and it got really, really busy, really ugly busy, um, where we were used to doing like one or two projects a month, and at one time we had like 22 projects in our shop because we couldn't say no. I don't know why we couldn't say no, but we were saying yes to everything. Um, and we just had so much going on. There was one day where both of us are just up to our eyeballs, and we're just both over it. And like, it's bad enough when one person gets over it, but when you're both over it, like, it can get bad. And we were just really frustrated and really over it at this time. And uh, we we just were kind of taking that on each other and taking down on our kids. And we finally just kind of after the dust settled, um, we we learned a lot through that. And so that that would be my challenge: is is when you're in those seasons where the peace is not there, don't let yourself go through that same season again, right? Uh, I love football, and football coaches are really, they, they don't get mad at, at, at folks who uh, make mistakes. They get mad at folks who make the same mistakes all the time. And, and that, that's sometimes where we struggle. We find ourselves making the same mistakes over and again. So learn, learn from the season um, and let that internal peace shape your perspective of the external conflict. If one of us, and this usually happens in a, in a home like with marriage, one of us is seeing clearly at the time, is in the right place in the state of mind heart-wise, and a lot of times we look at people as if they're kind of our enemy, but a lot of times it's, it's really the enemy within um, that, that we, we need to deal with 
and we're able to kind of help each other work through it and see clearly. And that's why Christian community and having brothers and sisters in Christ is so important um, because you need people to speak the truth into your life kind of when you're not seeing clearly and you're just kind of reacting. I remember this one time I was talking to this guy in like a Bible study, like men's group of sorts, and he said, you know, I'm just going to give it to God and he can deal with it. And um, I understood what he was saying, and there's something good about that, like give it to the Lord, um, but there's also something deeply like that we have to understand that we, we still got to deal with it, right? We still got to walk it out and, and walk through those things, and so it's not just a matter of just throwing it at the, the Lord's feet, and I don't have to deal with my issues and my insecurities and my, my fears and, and my pain. We don't have to deal with that anymore. We do, but God uses that conflict. He uses that external stuff to refine and um, prune the very deep recesses of our heart. Every, every, and when we dismiss that fear, when we dismiss pain, when we dismiss conflict, we miss out on an opportunity for God to transform it. And, and maybe that's been going on in your life. Um, maybe like the loss of your, your mother, your father, maybe the ever absence of your mother or father. Um, maybe the loss of a child, maybe um, the loss of a job. I mean, you, you name it. Things mom and dad said, things they didn't say in your life. We've, maybe we've just been dismissing the pains there. Maybe we've been dismissing the struggle last year, and we've just kind of dealt with it. But here's, here's what I know. like dismi- Dismissed fear, pain, and conflict will reappear and hurt other people. But transformed fear, pain, conflict will reappear and it'll help other people. It'll help other people heal. It's going to reappear. It's going to reappear. And now whether it reappears to hurt other people or help other people is, is I think, a, a matter of allowing God to transform us, allowing him to speak into those recesses of our heart that conflict brings up. And so I just say, don't dismiss it. Don't just say, okay, yeah, God can deal with it now. And really, we don't deal with it and don't really look it in the face and what it is. But when we do, like when we recognize it and we say, but God, you, like, I love all the Psalms because there, it's lots of complaining. <laughs> and sometimes we just need somebody to complain with. I was watching this show and this guy was, um, it's Parks and Recreation and it's Rob Lowe's character is like a super positive guy in the show. And he's, uh, he's dating this girl at the time and everything that she says and she complains about, she's pregnant he just wants to fix, so he just rushes in to fix it, right, immediately. Um, and, and it's getting on her nerves that he's always fixing her stuff because she doesn't want him to fix everything. She just wants to be heard. She just wants to say, yeah, that, that, that's awful. I really hate that you're struggling with that. And I, I love the Psalms because there's so much complaining, but there's always, there's always a but, there's always a but, but you, O oh Lord, are the lifter of my head. God, you are my rock, my redeemer. And so let it out. Like, get, get to that place where you can be honest about it. Um, and don't dismiss it, but let God transform it as we know that he is our peace. The word that's used in the Hebrew is the word shalom. And this is a, a word that many of you may be familiar with, the roots and origins and how it was used um, in uh, biblical times and, and Hebrews and, and Jews today understand this very deep idea of shalom. Um, you know how like hippie culture is like peace, man, or like surf culture is like peace, dude. Um, 
Well, they used to say that as a greeting. They would say shalom. And the understanding of shalom was not just a greeting, but it was a blessing. And it was a, a prophetic blessing. It was a, a very deep blessing about wellness and wholeness and healing and peace about your whole life. Um, when someone said shalom, they were praying that everything in your family is right with God and perfect and whole. They were praying that God would provide for you and everything you need in provision would be whole. And your relationships would be whole and your business relationships would be filled with peace. And that it wasn't just like a, a greeting, but it was a, a, a true blessing as we said hello and as we said goodbye. It was, it was very deep and like that's, that's, that's the essence of what God wants us to know, that peace in every area of our life, tranquility in every single area of our life. I think when we often think of meditation, we think of the Eastern version of meditation, um, or we think of like sitting like in a circle and like Indian style, fingers up. What is it? There? I don't know what finger it is. Um, but Eastern meditation and, and, and Christian meditation are two different things. Christian meditation, there's a good, there's a good version of meditation. And, and I, I'd speak against strongly the Eastern version of meditation because Eastern meditation um, seeks to clear everything out of the mind. To, if I can clear everything out. And this is what we do a lot in our situation. I'm just going to push it all over here. I'm just going to push it all over here. Right? And really what we're doing is sweeping on the rug. We're not dealing with it. I just clear everything in mind. When you clear everything out, like you become susceptible to anything. Like when everything's cleared out. What we should be doing in Christian meditation and silence before the Lord, sitting before the Lord with our struggle, with our conflict, with our pain, is fixating on the truth of Jesus Christ and what the gospel tells us about who we are and what we're going through. And so our perspective is shaped. It's not just a matter of clearing everything out. It's a matter of filtering everything out through the lens of Jesus Christ. And so if you, so this ha, we have to kind of identify with this and take this home with us as we're going through our life. Am I dismissing this or am I filtering this, right? Am I filtering this through the lens of the gospel and what Jesus says about me and who he says I am and um, his promises to me. Am I filtering it through that or am I just dismissing it so I don't have to deal with it now? And then what the truth of the matter is that we deal with it. We just deal with it in really unhealthy ways. Yelling at our spouse, uh, abusive drinking, like you name it. Like we're, we're dealing with it. We're just dealing it in unhealthy ways and not ways that honor God and bring about the, the hope and the future that he has for us. And so this shalom God is something that he desires for us individually. Um. This, this verse 17 says that this message of peace that he brought to you is for those that are far off and those that are near today. And some of you may be in a place where you're kind of far off from the Lord. Not in the real spiritual sense, but just in maybe your mind, in your practice, in your life. Because God's, God's near. He's, he's always a prayer away. He's always just an opening of your heart and your eyes away. Um... But our lives, we just, we, they take us in wrong directions sometimes. And our desires, our flesh desires take us in the wrong directions. And maybe you're in this house today and, and you're far off from the Lord. And, and I just cause you to draw, I, or I'd encourage you just to draw, draw near to him. Draw near to him, not just on Sundays. 
I, I kind of get frustrated when I hear this from people. Like, yeah, man, we're going to get back on track. We're going to get back in church. And, and um, got to put God first. And, and I, I, love, I love that. I want people to put, like, a priority of being here. And that's amazing. Like, that's, that's good. But the purpose of kind of this gathering is to celebrate the Lord of what he's doing, mon- like, Monday through Saturday. And us to get together and, and to be taught together and grow together and worship together. Um, it's, not, it's not a fix, and it's not a checkbox. That's not what, that's not what this is. Um, and, and my heart's desire is, is that that kind of statement would lead us to, to ref, like reflect on the Monday through Saturday as much as the Sunday. Because we can all do the, the kind of pretty face, everything's great, yep, got a great relationship with the Lord, I was in church Sunday. Like, all right. <laughs> let's, let's just, let's get real, like, and this kind of goes into to what I'm saying today. So if you're near or far, this message is for you. But years ago, after God really brought me through a deep season of healing, a deep cleaning, if you will, I, I really felt on the backside of that that God was speaking to me about the long-term vision of our church and who we would be. And as I've watched many of you in this room, I've, as I've watched and I get to know your story and how God has healed you and transformed you and how he's just doing a new work in you, um, I'm so thankful you're here to help establish this vision and live this vision out. And it's a, a vision of peace and wholeness. It, it's it's a, a vision of health at every level. Um, and I've watched our, our leadership and staff team here at the church in the past 12 to 18 months, I've watched them labor as God has cut away some things in their life, as he's healed them and made them whole with their insecurities, fears, pain, conflict. I've, I've watched that happen, um, and, and I, I, I pray and hope that today maybe is a day to just launch this vision at a whole other level as, as we've leaned in the past couple months with marriage conferences and, and leaning into our singles and encouraging uh, them about what it looks like to live a healthy single life as well and honor God in those things. Um, my prayer is that you would, you would step into who God's called you to be and, and begin to care and don't dismiss hurt areas, struggling areas of your life, but you would begin um, to bring those before the Lord and let him transform them because I, I believe it's something much larger that I probably can't even communicate at the level it needs to be communicated right now. Because it's just an ongoing learning experience for me to understand God's heart for our church. But that this would be a place, we've always said that this is a place where it's, it's okay to not be okay, and you can come as you are. But we've, we, with that, the second statement has always been, but you cannot come here and not be changed can't come here and not be changed. And it's not about us. It's not about our system. It's not about our lights. It's not about my messages. It's not. It's, it's about encountering Jesus. And when you encounter Jesus, you, you, you just don't stay the same. It's just how it goes. And um, so my, my prayer is, is for transformation um, for you and for me and that every person that walks in here would know Jesus deeply and could be transformed by his great grace and his love um, that, does, that takes us the way we are but he loves us too much to keep us in that way. And so um, I, I want to, to ask you to, to quit sweeping things under the rug in your own life. Um, I want to ask you to, to let God to transform it. Um, let God speak into the, the hurting parts of your life, maybe that you've been dismissing, the fear, the pain, the conflict. Uh, you guys can come. Um, let, let God speak into it. Um, because 
the results of that are happening right now, um, and it may not be the best results. You can probably identify in which those things have been unhealed, how you've lashed out or how you've dealt with those in maybe in unhealthy manners. And I just want to pray today for uh, 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 healing and wholeness uh, at a much deeper level for you. And so um, I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning. And uh, we're going to pray, and this team's going to lead us in a moment. Um, And, and I'm going to ask you to, um, to step out this morning in faith. This, if, you're, if you're in a place where you know you've been sweeping some things under the rug, you know it, you know it. Maybe for the past six months, maybe the past six years or 16, 60 years, I don't know. Um, but I know that God wants to heal and make those things whole. Maybe it's a financial or relational or a business kind of relationship that's struggling. Uh, I want to open this altar to you this morning for prayer. Um, just and take a step. Take a step of faith. Uh, these guys are going to lead us in a song. I'm going to pray over you. Uh, and just ask you to come. Come make this, the crosses, this altar area. Uh, the table is going to be open as well. Uh, let's pray. God, thank you that you are our peace, God. I pray that through my mumbling and stumbling, through uh, deep works that you've done in my life, God, um, I pray that we would come to experience shalom peace in the deepest recesses of our hearts. God, I pray that not one of us would come into this place and leave the same because your spirit has shined a light on maybe a shadow area, God, today. Now, we didn't, weren't thinking about, God, we hadn't thought about it in a long time, or maybe it's all we've been able to think about. But I pray that you take it, you'd heal it, you make it whole. God, transform it that we might turn around and help others. God, that have fought through the same addiction. They fought through the same struggle. It might be a place of healing, a, a place of wholeness, God, that you've called us to be as we step boldly out into the future that you've called us to. In Christ's name.